As we read the gospel records, we read eyewitness accounts of the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus. In a sense, the gospels are just the beginning of Christ's work. The adventure continues in the book of Acts. In this study with Scott Pauley, we consider the continuing work of Christ through the Holy Spirit, who works through the apostles and the New Testament church. Now, let's get in on the adventure. When you need questions answered, and when you need power to move forward, where do you go? Where do you turn? Well, the answer should be, we should turn to the Lord in prayer. Isn't that interesting that uh, when we have puzzling situations and weak areas of life, what we typically try to do is either fix it ourselves or find somebody else to help us, when instead what we ought to do is take all of those questions and all of that weakness and usher it into the presence of God in prayer. Now, that's what the apostles did in Acts chapter number 1. Uh, they held a prayer meeting. There's a beautiful order and progression in this chapter. They began by waiting, and then we see them believing, and now we see them praying. You see the order here? Uh, you, you get still before the Lord. You, you admit you don't have the answers. That's the waiting. Then you exercise faith. You believe. I can't see him. He's, he's not with me now. He's out of sight, but I trust uh, that he's going to keep his word and that he is up to something. And then you bring yourself and all of the, the hurt and all of the questions and all the longings of your soul to God in prayer. That's the praying. So we move from waiting to believing to praying. And really, prayer here is just an expression of faith in God. Uh, it is the, the faith of a man put into words. It's the cry of the heart being exercised before the Lord. We pick up our study in verse number 12. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. Uh, that in their day was about 2,000 cubits. That's how far they were allowed to walk on the Sabbath. Uh, that's about a half a mile. So imagine they've taken a, a half-mile walk from the Mount of the Ascension, which, by the way, the Mount of Olives is also the mountain where our Lord Jesus is going to come back to someday. His feet are going to touch down on that mountain, and uh, that mountain's going to cleave open, create a great valley that will be a valley of judgment. You see how things come full circle? The Lord always comes back, you see, always brings his, his presence and his promise full circle. And so they move from the Mount of Olives back into Jerusalem. And the Bible says in verse 13, And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room, where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotes and Judas the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brethren. What was the first meeting of the New Testament church after the ascension? What was the, the first meeting after Christ has left them and they assembled together? I love this. The first meeting was a prayer meeting. It was not an evangelistic crusade. It was not a strategy meeting. It was not an, an idea pool. It was not a Bible study. It was a prayer meeting. And you have to know, uh, these men must have had a lot of emotion, and these women must have a lot of emotion. Uh, let me tell you what you do with your emotion. You engage it in prayer. You pour out your heart to the Lord. There's so many beautiful things here. Uh, it wasn't some of them that prayed. They all prayed. 
they did not pray once. The Bible says they continued in prayer. Pray without ceasing, we're told in Scripture. They did not pray nominally. No, no, they made supplication. The word there literally means to beg. We'll come back to, to each of those thoughts uh, in this next study or two because we're going to concentrate on prayer because that's really the concentration of the rest of this chapter. In fact, I would challenge you to take from verse number 13 all the way through to chapter 2 and verse number 1 and spend some time in it because what you find here is one big season of prayer. This is not just a prayer meeting. This is a prayer season. This is a commitment to, to seek the Lord with all of their heart until God answered, until the Lord showed them exactly what was next and what he had for them. And so what do we learn about their praying that would help us in our praying? Well, first of all, notice that the praying is united praying. This is really important, very important. There are two key words here in verse 14. The first is the word all, and the second is the word accord. All tells us about how many were praying, all of the people were praying. Accord tells us how they came together. They came in one mind. There's a oneness here. There's a beautiful unity. The psalmist said it this way, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. You know, I think one of the things that's sorely missing today in local assemblies is this spirit of oneness. And frankly, just among the family of God, among the Lord's people, there's so much dissension, division, and discord today. Somebody said that most churches are more like goat pens than sheepfolds because everybody's butting heads all the time. Brothers, sisters, it shouldn't be that way. Let me speak as a dad for a moment. Nothing was more grievous to me when our children were young than when the kids couldn't get along. If that's true of earthly fathers, don't you know the heavenly father grieves when his children cannot be one? And notice the oneness is centered in their prayer. If you want to bring oneness, you don't bring oneness by talking about all the problems and weighing out all the options and getting everybody's opinion. You bring oneness by bringing people to the same place of prayer. You see, we don't all have to agree. In fact, let me go further. We can't all agree. We're not all going to agree on everything. But this is wonderful. You don't have to always agree with me, and I don't have to always agree with you, but we all have to agree with God. This is the great secret of blessing. And I, I'm convinced it's one of the keys to spiritual awakening, both in Acts 1 and in the generation that we're living in, in every generation. There must be united prayer. Yes, there must be personal and private prayer. Yes, you and I must be people of prayer in the secret place alone with God. But friends, if we're right with God in the prayer closet, we'll be right with God in the prayer meeting. If we really are right with God, we'll want to be right with one another. And that's the beautiful picture you have here. You see, these disciples had Christ in common. They had lots of reasons to divide. They had lots of reasons to debate, to argue. But they don't do that. Instead, they bring their, their questions, their uncertainty, their emotion, their sorrow, all of it, into the place of prayer. And instead of just venting it on each other, they channel it to God. D.L. Moody once said, The only way any church can get a blessing is to lay aside all difference, all criticism, all coldness and party feeling, and come to the Lord as one man. And when the church lives in the power of the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians, I am sure that many will be added daily to the flock of God. Oh, what's the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians? That's the love chapter. See, there's a oneness in the love of God that melts our coldness, that tenders our hardness. 
uh, that, that tears down the unnecessary divisions that we tend to create between us and others that grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And uh, Moody was exactly right. That's what you see in Acts chapter number 1. Look, you want to get to Acts 2? You want to see the power of God? You want to see 3,000 souls saved? Then let God's people get thoroughly right with Christ and thoroughly right with one another. And so the first great principle here of praying is that the praying should be united praying. Can I challenge you to do something just very practical? Find a prayer partner. Start at home. Start with a spouse. Start with children. Start with those near you, those that you live under the same roof. Let your house be a house of prayer. Matthew Henry said, wherever man pitches a tent, God should have an altar. So let your home be a place of prayer. But in your church, gentlemen, find another man you can pray with. Ladies, find another lady you can pray with. Uh, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Agree together in prayer. Hold one another accountable. Work on this matter of united prayer. And you will see that in that kind of praying, the adventure of God's power and blessing always continues. The same is true today as it was then. The Lord is at work in this world through His Holy Spirit, drawing people to Himself. What a privilege as God's children to be a part of what God is doing in this world today. If you'll visit enjoyingthejourney.org, you will find many resources that will equip you as you walk with the Lord. You will find previous podcast series and episodes, full-length Bible messages, and a topical search engine that will aid you in studying Bible subjects. If this podcast is a blessing to you, we hope you will share it with a friend. Be sure to join us on the next episode of this continuing adventure through the book of Acts. Acts.